0: Welcome to the Soul Center Podcast. We are your co hosts, Master Healer Ariella Halevi and Rabbi Dr. Baruch Halevi, Rabbi B., your healer and guide on the journey of life. In this podcast, we will explore all things spirituality, meaning, and healing from Kabbalah and the healing of your soul to shamanic energy work and the healing of your past, from ancient wisdom traditions to guide your spirit to modern tools to live your life. The Soul Center podcast will empower you to discover your soul's purpose and inspire you to live a soul-centered life. And don't forget to check out Rabbi B's newest podcast, The Defiant Spirit. You can find it at mysoulcenter.org or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now, on to our show Hey, i baruch Halevi be here from Soul Centered. Thanks for tuning in to this conversation, which uh, is all going to be about the Enneagram, an ancient personality, psychological, spiritual, energetic kind of typing system, but far more than that. And the Grammys. Um, as I'm recording this, last night was the Grammys, and my family and I wa- sat around and we watched it. And I realized there's not much that's unifying us here, right? I like jazz and one of my daughters likes rap. The other one likes um, pop. My wife likes folk and the list goes on. And um, what I realized though, was we were unified around both the experience of watching the Grammys, but also our shared language and frankly growing passion around the Enneagram. So the Enneagram just became the central kind of thread in our conversation. And I realized that this thing is amazing. It's, it's withstood the test of time. It's thousands of years old. It cuts across generations. Um, I was with my mom and her friends a few weeks ago and we were all engrossed in a conversation about the Enneagram. Then I was with my son who's in college and his buddies the next weekend and we were engrossed in a conversation about the Enneagram. And then last night we were talking about it. Oftentimes we think about the Enneagram as a personality of us as individuals, and it is, but it also describes, again, it's not a personality, or if it is, it's more of an energy of flavor. You're not bound to, you're not trapped by this personality, this persona, which literally means mask. It's kind of the vibe we take on, the way we present to the world. Well, the same is true with something like music. And as we're talking about it last night, we were kind of fleshing out the energy, the soul of each musical genre as it came up. And as we kind of continue to brainstorm, there is not an answer. There's not one answer. But I'm going to walk you through our conversation from last night because it was enlightening to me and it was exciting and it was fun and whether or not you know the grammys are behind us this year you can take this with you into conversations with your kids or your parents or your friends or just to reflect on it yourself and really go deeper behind the scenes if you will sort of um, what they did last night one of the things they did was had the um people from behind the scenes introduce the artist because oftentimes, well, they're behind the scenes and we don't see them. We don't appreciate them until we don't have them. Or So we, we need to really pay attention to what's behind the scenes. And that's true with the people in our lives. It's also true with the Enneagram, the personality, what drives a person, what um, animates, well, in this case, a particular type of music. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So here we go the Enneagram of music or the Grammys. Again, not a hard and fast rule. So you could make a case for um, each of these different genres being in a different place. I don't think it's nearly as much about where it ends up as why we put it there, or in this case, why myself or my family put it into these Um, Enneagram types. And this is certainly not all the musical genres, A, just as much as I could fit on a slide, and B, what, again, we talked about last night. So let's start always, um, how about up at eight, because it's the body triad in um, the Enneagram. There's three triads, obviously, and there's three numbers in each triad. And eight, nine, and one are really kind of this bodily experience in the Enneagram. So eight, nine, and one share this some. Um, one of these usually expresses it, one of it represses it, and one doesn't know what to do with body or action, just the vitality of life. And there's no better place to begin than eight because it is the kind of libido of the Enneagram. It's the most intense energy. When I react, I react like an eight. That's the language I use because I'm all of these numbers, as are you. But when I react, um, when I'm unconscious, when I'm on autopilot, mostly when I'm in fear, I look like an eight, which is kind of scary, looking at the uh, musical genres that we ended up putting into eight. Heavy metal, which is interesting because I loved uh, Metallica. I loved a lot of different um, heavy metal when I was younger. Now it just drains me. But back in the day, I loved it. And I think because as a young eight, I couldn't name my energy. Um, So I had music do it and rap. Rap was very important to me as well um, back in the 80s, not necessarily, again, listening to it today, uh, maybe versions of each of these, but certainly not in their undiluted forms, which at least originally, that's what rap was. I mean, rap was um, a protest, grew out of you know perceived abuses and biases and prejudices and just a kind of a, an eruption of anger, if you look at where it came from, or You know, back in the 70s, not so much anger as it grew into, I think, in the 80s or 90s, but certainly as protest and as um, making a stand, which is the energy of an eight. Eight is a kind of a defiant stand, which is partially why, you know, as an Enneagram eight, I call my system the defiant spirit, because it really is cause driven. It's rebellious. Um, hopefully for a worthy cause, sometimes not for a worthy cause, but more often than not, trying to express or bring justice to what is perceived as, and frankly often is, an unjust world. And so if you look at the intensity of rap, the intensity of heavy metal, um, how they can be perceived as scary. I, I remember when um, when rap came out, I think it was Public Enemy, who was at was the FBI, was uh, tar- had targeted um, NWA. And so you can see like it scared the system. Now it's it's become mainstream, which is pretty remarkable. That's oftentimes what Enneagram 8 energy does. Mainstreams what was once perceived as controversial. Martin Luther King is an enlightened Enneagram 8. So, okay, moving on to 9. Radically different. Next door neighbors on the Enneagram, because it's yin and yang, really. 9 is the peacemaker, whereas 8 is challenger. Nine goes away from challenge or conflict, really tries to be a bridge builder, tries to bring down the intensity, it down the noise. So other genres could certainly fit into this. Um, there's some great musicians that are nines. Maybe I'll do one just on musicians. But I think of Enya as the perfect nine, um, which is funny because I know quite a few nines who like, is it Celt- New Age or Celtic? Easy listening isn't fair. I should take that off there. That kind of gets dumped into an elevator, right? Which which feels soulless. But, you know, Enya and um, uh, I used to kind of listen, dabble in it. Definitely not soulless. I mean, definitely soulful. And if you listen to kind of Celtic music, new age music really brings down the uh, intensity, whereas obviously heavy metal brings up the intensity, not better, not worse, but I really do think one is conflict avoidant and peace seeking, and the other is conflict inducing and agitating. And both are necessary at times in our life. Okay, moving on to one. So eight is expressing intensity of body. Nine is really kind of going away from intensity and just um, circumventing it. And One is really about harnessing or channeling it into a system. And that's the one, the reformer at at his or her best. Now, classical music really is one-ish and it is five-ish, which we'll get to. But I think when it's polished and performed, it becomes, you know, it becomes symphony. I think that the experience of classical music is one. Maybe the creation of it is five, we'll get there. But really, symphony, everybody playing their part perfection when you go to the symphony. It feels like a perfect environment, right? Every You don't show up to the symphony wearing shorts and a t-shirt. There are only two places anymore that that's true in my experience. One is a funeral, having officiated hundreds of funerals. I never saw anybody show up in a tank top. And number two is I've been to the symphony limited times, especially during COVID, but I've never seen anybody show up in a tank top. I think partially because we intuit, we need some places and spaces that are elegant well crafted every detail is thought out and the symphony and the opera the performance piece but performance to perfection that's really the one and really systematizing this perfection moving down to the 2 3 and 4 that's the heart triad the feeling kind of go to whereas 8 9 and 1 are action 2 3 and 4 are emoting every type has um access to both of these, all of these, so we're going to get into the head triad, but more of a go-to in reaction or a natural sort of familiarity, fluidity. Two, the nurturer, the helper, the quintessential kind of mother um image, and in Kabbalah, the mother, um, the divine as mother. So pop adult contemporary, right? There's an accessibility, there's a warmth to it. It doesn't challenge necessarily, at least so explicitly, like maybe eight does. It doesn't always soothe so matter-of-factly kind of a given as nine. It may not be as crisp and clean as one, but it has this um, universal appeal. I mean, you know, maybe not everybody doesn't love pop or adult contemporary, but I'd have to argue it's probably the most popular, which is maybe why it's called pop. Um, certainly the most unifying, you know, if you're going to have a party, you're not going to play, I mean, if you're going to have a multi-generational kind of multi-demographic party, you're not going to play heavy metal or necessarily rap or even new age or opera, but probably could get away with this unifying easy, warm genre called pop and adult contemporary and R&B connected very much to that, you know, R&B coming from gospel, coming from church. And I would have to say, Although a Christian would probably argue that Jesus was all of these types, I think those of us who really study and explore the Enneagram would put Christianity, certainly, if not Jesus, under a two, whereas Judaism would be a six, Buddhism might be a five. But Christianity really has this kind of two nurturing quality, loving quality. And so R and B growing out of that um, experience of the church and the gospel and and connecting to God and and really expressing that in the music. Moving down to three, Enneagram three, this is where, you know, my family and I were into it a little bit, but I'm stuck in the 1980s when it comes to my music. And this is to me, 80s pop, but even uh, more rock and roll, certainly 80s rock and roll, performance driven rock and roll. You think of like, you know, Bon Jovi or, you know, some of the other sort of big hair bands for sure, which this isn't who they were. Watch them, Rock of Ages, great, Enneagram 3 movie created or certainly starring in Enneagram 3 in um, Tom Cruise. He's a quintessential Enneagram 3, plays almost only exclusively Enneagram 3 movies, in movies. And this um, 80s rock or rock in general performance, shallow, which, you know, can be a negative. I mean, most of my 80s rock songs are not that deep. You know, you get into U2 and I think they've left behind the three Um, I don't know where Bono is. I have to think about that. But more of the, you know, the more shallow, thin versions of 80s rock, certainly. And fun, but it's not, shallow isn't a bad thing. I don't want to go deep when I'm driving my car down the street and I want to, you know, blast out some Tom Petty. Some, I'm not sure he's shallow, but you know what I mean. So 80s pop rock performance on stage called The Achiever or The Performer. In many systems. And then Broadway musicals, for sure. I mean, it's all about the show. It doesn't mean it doesn't go deep, but it does mean it goes wide and really tries to hold your attention the entire time. That's a three thing. Whereas four doesn't care if they hold your attention. They're not performing. The performer right, puts on the mask and becomes somebody he or she is not as a means to engage you and that has a shadow side. Listen to my Will Smith talk on Enneagram threes. Okay, moving down to four. I'd say now in this at this stage in life, my favorite genre that expresses my soul is jazz. And I think jazz is unequivocally a four. I wouldn't even know where else to place it. Seven, uh, no, I think it's a four because four is the individualist. It's all about individual expression good jazz music. I'm not talking about, you know, Enneagram nine, no offense, easy, less listening elevator jazz music. And that's not fair because I think there's a lot of Enneagram nine jazz musicians, but um, this four creativity, this depth, you know, fours go deep, whereas threes go wide and fours can overdo it going deep. Threes can overdo it going wide. They really have yin yang sort of like eight, and nine. And so jazz music takes you deeper into your individuality because all great jazz music is expressed as individuals. I was just listening to um, a talk by uh, John Baptiste who won, I think, more Grammys last night than anybody else. Unbelievable human being and musician. I mean, his personal story is is as compelling as his music, and I'm going to do an Enneagram maybe on him and Disney Soul. He uh, penned the music for Disney Soul. I would argue he's maybe even the um, flavor, the impetus behind the protagonist in the Disney soul movie, Joe Gardner. Anyways, jazz starts with a structure and they need a structure. And this is the four at his or her best. Um, they go up into a one because there's a line there and they borrow the structure. They come back down to the four and they express within a container. You know, fours without a container are like mad artists. They can lose themselves. And that'll take us next door to the punk and grunge side of things. Um, Great jazz musicians can lose themselves if they don't have the structure of the music. And so it's about structure and then going into the structure of the system and leaving your individual soul print on it. Now, punk, grunge, indie, I I loved Nirvana back in the day. Um, Kurt Cobain was a four that obviously became unhinged, didn't have the structure and ultimately took his life. I would say Amy Winehouse too. Probably lots of artists across genres who lose themselves, go so deep and so far they sort of lose touch, and maybe they shift more over to the five, which we'll get to, which is an isolationist move. But really, a raw, real sound indie music, at least originally. I think now it's a little more pop-ish. Um, but this raw individual expression, so you can feel the flavor of the four, moving over to the five, the beginning of the head triad. So four is deep emotion, um, five is you know, the absence of emotion, or at least at an unhealthy level, the absence of emotion, but really starting with the head. Doesn't mean it's cold, can be. It means it's brilliant, it's inspired. And if you think about classical music as an example, I mean, the perfection of it at the one is performed. I think the creative process has to come from a deep, Almost isolationist place, and if you look at a lot of great classical musicians, they were truly isolated, um, alone because they most of their contemporaries couldn't keep pace. So other genres could d- definitely come into the five. I mean, some really smart um, music out there, really brilliant music. You know the. Um, John Baptiste, maybe even a five, because just the way he talks about music, he really describes it in such clarity and detail, feels five-ish. But five, definitely, I think classical music. Moving over to six, the loyalist, really the center of the head, but not so brainy, nearly as much as thoughtful. And sixes are thoughtful. They they think, they they care about who's around them, sort of like a two, the helper, but even more from a commitment perspective and a loyalty. There's a nostalgia that a six can bring to the experience that, you know, a good friend who just remembers you and is there for you. That's why they're called the loyalist. And so I think it's a folksy kind of a, my wife loves folks, folk music, 70s music, eh. but there is a sort of a nostalgia and a warmth to it different than um, pop adult contemporary and you know maybe some 4 in that but a lot of 7 um i think i think country can be 7ish 2 or sorry 6ish 2 because 6 can go either two different ways 6 you can have a phobic 6 which is kind of a sort of a a fearful and anxious kind of a 6 or you can have counterphobic which is almost like a tough guy a tough gal image like they're running against they're fighting their fears they're fighting their anxiety And if you look at certainly blues, um, this anxiety and betrayal and hurt, but also this strength and this resolve to kind of fight the good fight and country and blues, I think really could have an easy argument around six. Going up to seven, the enthusiast really puts thinking away um, and goes to experience life, whereas five is not so much about experiencing life but perfection in the mind 7 is about bringing that uh, mind and experience out to the world so it's an outward energy and 5 is an inward energy and if you listen to country i mean it's an outward energy you know my wife and i sometimes will go country dancing and it's just fun right it's just the it's just almost meaningless pointless which is makes it so experiential cuz that's the experience. We're, we're not there to do anything other than just have fun, drink a beer, dance. Um, country has that lighter side. It can be gluttonous. You know, sevens can overdo it. And when they do, you know, dr- dr- listen to most country songs revolve around drinking and revolve around, you know, um, other gluttonous pursuits, you get the point. And there's a simplicity though. Again, that's a lower side, but it's fun. But the higher side, there's also still like life is to be experienced and kept keep it simple. And I and I was thinking last night too, Latin dance, I think would really fit that bill. You know, just dance music in general. Um, I don't know. I certainly wouldn't buy a dance or listen to on Spotify dance music because the point I think of dance music is to dance. And so really it's about bringing people together, which is seven energy. I mean, sevens are the good times and the get togethers and the experience and to bring people together to have fun. Whereas, you know, jazz is bringing people together like in a jazz club. I used to go to jazz clubs all the time when I lived in New York, but it's not about dancing nearly as much as about engaging the music. So it's less people oriented versus seven. And that's the um, Enneagram of the Grammys of music. I, I really believe deeply that this is uh, a deep and ancient system. But just because it's deep, serious, um, complex, it doesn't mean it can't be light and fun and funny and joyous. I think it is all those things. And we need to engage it in those myriad of ways. I don't want to just teach this as another system of heaviness and have-tos and you know thou shalls and thou shall nots. It's not that at all. It gives you a roadmap. It gives you um, a roadmap to understand your lower side, the unhealthier versions of you, where you go, and on the higher side, what you can strive towards. Yes, you do have a core number. It doesn't change over time, but you don't have to take up residence in that number. You certainly don't have to react like that number. You can choose to respond. And this is the work of the defiant spirit, learning how to defy your reaction, send in your number to a healthy side version of your number, and then learn to access and express all the numbers. That's what this is all about. If you'd like to learn more, jump over to defiantspirit.org. I have a new program coming out called Defy Your Number. It's an intro to the Enneagram starter kit based on videos and some additional work for you, but I know you'll find it meaningful and accessible, and there is quite a little bit of pop culture in it as well, so you'll find it fun. Uh, Jump over to DefineSpirit.org. I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at um, info at and until next time, shalom, salam, namaste peace defy your number live your spirit you've been listening to the soul center podcast with your hosts Ariella and Baruch Halevi if you'd like to learn more about soul center please visit mysoulcenter.org you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at mysoulcenter.org And if you found meaning and inspiration in this podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd also love to hear from you, to connect with you. So please reach out to us. And until then, we wish you shalom, salam, namaste.